Welcome to the GigTube Podcast, hosted by Chad Polenz, a full-time gig economist since 2018. Each week, Chad talks to a fellow gig worker, content creator, or an industry insider to dig deep into the world of the gig economy. Let's see what they discover this week. Hey, welcome to another episode of the GigTube Podcast interview with our first ever audio podcast uh, with uh, Val Stott's voice. How you doing, man? Pretty good, sir. How are you, Chad? Good. Um, I I am not like super familiar with your channel, so a lot of the questions I'll be asking are like pretty earnest. I think. By the way, this is the first. I'm drinking a Pepsi Max tonight instead of beer. Actually, I'm going to do a beer review after the show. So nice. I, I try to only drink like one beer a day. Beer a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> um, I guess my first question would be, what's the significance of your name? Is Valistot your last name, or is that like the town you live in? Or Actually, funny story. Uh, it's my gamer tag back from the old EverQuest days. Oh, was that a, a name that they gave you, or you just made it up? Or Well... Funny story, uh, <laughs> when I worked at Food Line back when I was in my early 20s, I was a Los Angeles Dodgers fan uh, yeah. because I originally was uh, born Chattanooga but uh, moved to Southern California half my life. And there was a pitcher named Ishmael Valdez. So I just basically said, you know what? I like him so much, I'm just going to call myself Valdez Tot. <laughs> Like uh, like your son or something? Pretty much <laughs> at that point in time. I'm almost 50 now. I'm 48. So, uh, But that was back when I was uh, an impressionable young lad. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'm learning something already. Valdez, Valdez is taught. Yeah. Although the, your, like the banner or the icon on your YouTube channel, like the Vs are turned sideways. So they look like Cs. So it's like, is it? Caldestat's coice. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like if you saw like the uh, the voice little waves, like a sound wave. That's mm -hmm. what that was for. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw that. So, um, in case, can you give the viewers like a breakdown of like, you know, where you are, what gig apps you do, uh, any other, you know personal information you want to throw in there as far as like family life or things like that sure um yeah i mean i can do a real quick summary um first of all voice only it adds to the mystery kind of like when you see these masked magicians you don't know who they are etc cetera, etc cetera, right so it also goes to the um thing of you know my wife and i are kind of shy private people you know, and it, it kind of fits. And everyone says, I mean, I'm no joke, Chad. Okay. My wife, her family, friends, my family, they always say I have a good radio voice. I don't personally hear it, but I'm just going on with what everyone else said. So that's why I made the channel Valdestot's Voice. It's so we don't actually have to show ourselves, but at least we can. Mm -hmm. give us or give the viewers information without showing who we are um, i mean our first uh, gig app was you know literally you know a doordash 
back in December of 2018. Quit Amazon after four years, four and a half years for my wife, about three years for me. Took the leap of faith back then saying, hey, DoorDash is uh, becoming a real good thing in our area. So we took the plunge and never looked back until recent low. And we also did Grubhub back in March of 2019. Uber Eats, uh, you know, a month later. So we had all three apps. Until recently, we just stopped doing DoorDash because of you already know why. It's just gotten really bad. And I basically went back to about a 25, 30 hour W2 along with gig apping minus DoorDash. Well, we got a lot of chatter in the chat already. Pedro's here. Hey, Jacqueline Taylor. Kyle, no. Craft Beer Pours. Shout out Bumpy Road Brewery. <laughs> okay. That's my other channel, dude. This this is this is the Chad, the Geek Economist channel. My other channel is Chad's Beer Reviews. B. Candy Olson. Hi. Uh, have you ever revealed, like, your actual first name? It has been kind of hinted accidentally at times, especially um, since I'm more of a philanthropic gig channel, as you probably already know. If you've kind of mm -hmm. just seen what I do, I do $10 weekly giveaways, and we're at week 16 already. So I've already given away $160 in you know, almost four months. Hmm. Um, plus, when I hit 500 subs, I gave an additional 150 away. And I'm trying to, you know, as I said in my last, I'd say about three videos ago, I want to try to get away from the information of like ride share and um, giving tips and tricks because, you know, there's already a whole bunch of people that have already done it. And I basically said what I wanted to say in the past, mm -hmm. like renting a car. Um, you know, I, with the breakdown of the expenses and all the things in my market that I learned over the two and a half, almost three years now, okay, of doing it. But, you know, I've learned from the best in the beginning, as I said before, it was like, uh, you know, Gig Coach Jake was my first, Pay to Drive, UDM, you know, those are the, you know, and, uh, you know, Team LMDU, those are the original four that I started out with. But now, you got guys like Pedro, who's awesome, by the way. You're awesome, by the way, Chad. I mean, you give good information as well. Uh, you know, Hannibal is hungry. I mean, there's this new breed of, you know, people that in addition to them, there's tons of other people. I feel like, you know, what is said is being said now, so I don't have to actually go into that arena anymore. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, well... I just asked you what your name was, so but it's, it's funny. It's like if I if you don't say like what your name was, we can like assign a name to you. Oh, oh, so, okay. Uh, you know, I went off on a tangent. We'll, we'll just sorry. call you Dicky. <laughs> actually, you know, I'll just because it's your channel and I don't have my face. My name is actually Devin. Okay, right on. Um, you know, it's funny. I was when I was you told me you live in Chattanooga, and I googled it, and like the the picture I'm using for the thumbnail for this video. I was like, wow, that's really pretty. Um, so you grew up in Chattanooga, or like, well, I said, you, and you said you lived in uh, San Diego or something for a while. Uh, uh, Southern Cal, yes. Oh, okay. Were you in the military or something? Or? Well, no, actually, I was born in Chattanooga half my life. My dad was in the military, but um, after he 
got out. Uh, you know, he was a dual army Navy at the time, but the point is, is that he got out. I was living with my grandparents in Saudi Daisy a long time ago as a kid during my early elementary school days. And he basically got out, he sent for me. So I moved to Southern Cal, lived half my life over there. And then at 18, after high school, he moved back to the East coast and left me there. So it's like, I've been moving back and forth several times. So Mm -hmm. it's either here or SoCal, you know, one of the two. Yeah, I mean, I can relate to that because I'm from upstate New York, and then when I was in the Navy, I lived in Illinois for a year, and then I lived in Virginia Beach for like five or six years, and I moved back to New York for seven or eight years, excuse me, and then I moved to Florida six years ago, so I've like lived all over the East Coast, traveled a lot. Um, Man, I... You're a very popular guest already. You got so much chatter going here. Everybody's saying Valdestat is awesome. Hannibal is hungry. Is oh yeah, Hannibal's here. Thank hey man, what's up? Um, I think I first discovered you through UDM. UDM would give you a shout out every once in a while, saying hey, check out this video from Valdestat's voice. And um, yeah, so it's like, did you have you had like any? I was going to say, like, interaction with UDM. Do you, like, you guys email or call each other or anything? Or you just discover each other and talk to each other through YouTube? Well, originally, like I said, he was, like, the second channel that I watched. I liked his positivity. I liked his attitude. I liked the information he was giving out. Nothing but love for him, okay? Um, But recently, before the pandemic happened, back in March, I actually met him in person. So he actually knows who I am and who I look like. I treated him to lunch. Uh, his mom was kind of ill at that time and uh, there was going through some hardships. So I basically uh, got him some lunch and got lunch for his wife who wasn't there, but I told him to just take it to her at the mm-hmm. hospital and whatnot. So, I mean, he knows who I am, but uh, you know you know how when you're a gig apper, you, ha- you know, I didn't really have a channel back then. I just basically used my channel in the beginning to kind of just vent, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But as time grew on, every gig apper has their own personality, their own material and whatnot. So lately, you know, he lets me do my thing and I let him do his. And but we're still friends, Um, you know. But the point is, is that, yeah, uh, he knows who I am. I met him in person and he's a good guy. Oh, so you came to Florida, or did he go to Tennessee? Um, my wife and I, the misses, uh, actually went to Fort Lauderdale, Miami, because we wanted to vacation, and it was a week before the pandemic hit. So, you know, of last year, back in the first week of March, we were at the uh, Fort Lauderdale La Quinta, and all heck was breaking loose, and we had to cut our vacation short. Mm. But we actually traveled to. Uh, from Tennessee all the way down to the Key West area. We took a picture at the bell, you know, the famous bell where the Key West, uh, you know, is right by the Naval Station, right? Observatory, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, radar station is. But uh, then we went back and then we had to cut a trip short and we literally drove <laughs> 15 straight hours back home. And uh, during that time, we were going through Atlanta and it was like a a ghost town on the freeway. I mean, mm. it's just my own personal story. But yeah, that's how I went down to Florida to meet him. Oh, I wish I had known you were coming. I could have. We could have met up in Orlando, or I could have drove down there. 
I've always said, I always told UDM, like, we should meet up sometime and we just never get around to it. And it's funny because we actually have a lot. I can think of, like, we have, like, four gig tubers, four or five, like, in the central Florida area. It's like, there's me, there's this guy, I don't know if you've seen or heard of him. He goes by MC Williams. He doesn't, he doesn't post as often as he used to. And then in, over by Tampa, there's Tony Gig Mom and Sarah Elizabeth and Pavel. Uh, he goes by Mushy Moo now. And uh, Tanner Markley, his, he's bringing his circus show to Bush Gardens in Tampa in September. Hope that wasn't a spoiler, Tanner. Um, so when he's in Tampa, that would be cool if like all of us could meet up there and like we should have like a contest or something, like see who can make the most money in one day doing various gig work or something. Yeah. I mean, that would be awesome. Uh, I think, uh, oh, and I forgot to give a shout out to DoorDash dad who can forget DoorDash dad. Right. But, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Pedro was, I think saying that he wants to set up a gig conference and, uh, you heard about that, right, Chad? Um, well, I mean, I remember suggesting that to Harry Campbell, the rideshare guy. I was like, yeah, we should have like a gig tubers, convention or i don't really know i don't think there's enough material for an entire like weekend of conventions and panels and things like that but it would just be cool to just or maybe we could all meet up in vegas or something you know um i i i just don't really know like what we would do as as far as like panels or whatever we would do to get together other than just like to basically have like kind of like a christmas party or something you know so yeah that that would be cool especially if it was like you know like in Texas or something, somewhere like in the center of the country. Yeah, um, I'd be down for that as well. Um, mm. Oh, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm basically semi-retired. I mm. mean, I just recently sold my house, which I showed in a video of my selling my old house and uh, showing the new house and whatnot. So money isn't really as big a priority, which is why I'm trying to do more charitable work. Mm-hmm. Uh, my one of my future videos coming up is literally going to be uh, just going to all the restaurants while I'm gigging, gig apping, and giving them tens. Just any any pickup from one restaurant. So if I go to Chili's, ten bucks. Thank you very much on behalf of all drivers, right? And if I go to Taco Mac or Five Guys, I'm I'm just going to basically just hit up any place I go. I'm just going to give money and film it, you know, because. Mm-hmm. Needs to bring social, just kind of like what you're you giving, do as a charity, you know. You're giving money to the restaurant or to like an employee? To the actual takeout server that gives the drivers our food. Oh, so you're giving like a $10 tip, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the thing about it is, as a, you know, I don't know how old you are, sir. You look pretty young. Uh, but like I said I, I, before, I'm almost 50. Well, I'll be 45 in September. Oh, we're close. Okay, I'm 48 mm. right now. Um, but you know, one of the problems that I have personally seen, I'm a genuinely nice guy and most people can't really say that. Right. Um, maybe it's my upbringing in the South when I was a kid, whatnot, you know, golden rule is what I try to use, but I see it time and time again, all these new drivers coming in, you know, just either don't know what they're doing or they're just so concerned about time. They don't consider the other part of it. So all these people at the restaurants, as I said in one of my videos before, they literally hate drivers, not because of just attitude, but because 
they're we're taking their tips away normally before us there they would have had more walk-in dine-in people right mm -hmm. so i've noticed that the nicer you are to them on a first name basis and if you give some tips to them occasionally they remember who you are they usually do go that extra mile to kind of say hey yeah let me check on that for you. instead of just completely if they don't know and you're not personable they just kind of ignore you at times so i'm trying to bring awareness that if drivers are nice, talk to them, give them a tip every now and then, it will drastically make the difference from a slow order to a faster order for you to get, which makes you money. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I try to be as nice as possible to like the the staff. I think it kind of it probably varies from city to city too, and even like seasons, you know, because like. Even like the restaurants, especially fast food, they have a pretty high turnover too. So it's like you're not always dealing with the same people. I mean, because I've been doing gig work will be uh, three years coming up on three years full time. Um, you know, I've, I go to I've been go, so I've been going to the same restaurants and stores for the last three years, and a lot of the people that were there when I started are not there anymore. You know, so it's you know like we have a high turnover, they have a high turnover. Um, I think, well, I guess that's kind of a topic for like a whole other, uh, you know, if we ever did like a, a, which I would like to do for my gig news show is like, maybe we, sometime we should have like a, a round table of, of drivers to like, just like talk like one, one issue or something, you know? Um, by the way, I don't know. This is, this is cool. Um, I got my water bottle and it has a koozie on it. That's green. So it has this green screen effect. I, don't know if you guys <laughs> I see that. And it, like, it's actually like, pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, anyways, let's. Um, we should have started at the beginning. At the beginning, because I always kind of like to go in chronological order, which we. I mean, we sort of did when you when you talked about your, yourself and your your upbringing and all that stuff. But um, so, if you can, what was like your day job? And like you said, you still have a day job. And then what made you want to get into gig work? And like, how, how long ago did you start doing DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub? I don't know. Is, do you do any other gigs besides delivery? Do you Amazon Flex or Instacart or anything like that? Well, here's the thing. Um, back in December of 2018, as I said, right, we took the plunge leaving the Amazon Fulfillment Center because after four, over four years for my wife, she was a picker, packer, stower, you know, a, a sorter. She did it pretty much all. But, and I was basically mainly a picker and a good picker at that, to be honest with you. But <laughs> after three, over three years for me, our bodies just got so worn down because we actually were at the Cha One, you know, uh, you know, facility and it's considered to be a legacy facility with no robotics until the tail end when we were about ready to leave. They started putting in some robotics. Mm -hmm. But for pickers, we at that time had to walk typically eight, anywhere from eight to about 12 miles a day in a 10 hour shift. And we worked four forties, basically four days, 40 hours a week and peak, we worked six sixties. So wow. 60 hours a week from Thanksgiving all the way to after Christmas. So, I mean, we made good money, but it just tore your body up. So the thing is, is that I, uh, we saw an ad in DoorDash on Indeed, and uh, back in 20 December, 
2018. And uh, we said, you know what, this sounds pretty good. We don't have to walk miles anymore. We basically can just, you know, uh, be our own boss. And we were, uh, we actually had a small business background before Amazon because the reason we moved back to Tennessee was, is my dad and mom had a convenience store and a liquor store in downtown Chattanooga. Mm. And, uh, and I was a computer tech back in Southern California before 2009. So they said, why don't you come back home? We'll let you run the store and split the profits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this is when I was in my late 30s at the time. So I said, well, her family was out here uh, in Georgia and whatnot. And, you know, I stole her away from her family, like, since 1999. So about today, she hadn't seen them for about 10 years. So I figured it was her turn. So we decided to move back and was in that. And my dad sold the business in 2016. So that's what prompted us to go to Amazon. And then we took the plunge to the gig apps and never looked back until DoorDash this past month started pulling their stunts. So mm -hmm. I said, you know what? I'm going to take my own advice. I'm going to go part-time W-2 so that I have a stable income. Again, money isn't the issue. It's something for me to do. So I'm a hotel employee now at the front desk for about 25, 30 hours a week. And the other time I'm doing YouTubing and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, basically just gig apping. Have you ever had anyone recognize you or, or like from your voice? Like, wow, you sound familiar. <laughs> you know, Chattanooga is a weird beast. I tried to kind of advertise it in my local Facebook group in Chattanooga for the uh, you know uh, DoorDash drivers group, right? Mm -hmm. And only of those people, only two people know who we are. Two out of hundreds in that chat. So uh, I don't know. Out here, it's almost like they kind of stay to themselves. I mean, it's probably everywhere too. I mean, if it's busy, they just want to grab the order and go, right? But as far as it goes, there's only uh, Samantha Smith and a uh, person named Marty, along with Richard, their husband duo team too. They're the only ones who know us because we actually told them, hey, we're YouTubers and we try to give out helpful information and whatnot. So those are the only two people out here that know who we are that we, even we have a YouTube channel. Hmm. That's funny. Oh, here comes Leo, my cat. Hey, go back to bed. <laughs> I think did, did you say I can't remember if that was you or somebody else do you have cats I have one cat used to have two but my son uh, moved to Atlanta last week when we sold our house and he took the cat with him yeah one of the cats went with him okay um yeah so uh, uh what are you doing for gig work now are you just doing uber eats or are you are you out of the game altogether no, no, no. Um, we do Grubhub and Uber Eats as a 50-50 split, running dual lapping. Um, the thing is, is that because of our schedules, we run Grubhub without a schedule. And, yeah, you know, I do too. As well, yeah, and you don't get a lot of orders that way without a schedule, but you do get some depending on the market you're in. Mm -hmm. And we run Uber Eats, which they don't care if you're on a schedule or not. You just get what you get. We average, I mean, just uh, showed just last week, we got about $85 in about a little under four hours, which is not terrible for our market during the summertime. So, you know, it, it, we did start out with shipped. 
I had the credit card back in December 2018. That was actually going to be my first app until I realized that, oh, man, after re uh, seeing the onboarding and seeing the videos on it, I just did not want to shop in a store. So I had the green credit card, but I never took an order. Hmm. Is, there, do you know, is your account still active? You know, <laughs> it could be, but we just, when we moved, I said, hey, I still have the ship shopper card never used. I just shredded it before uh, we actually, so I don't even know at this point. I've been trying to get in with shipped for like two years. And like when the pandemic broke out last year, like they started hiring again. And I don't know if you had to do this, but like they made me do a video interview where you have to like, I mean, you're not actually interviewing with somebody, but it's like they just ask you a question and you have like 60 seconds to answer it. And like you have to get a mic and a webcam and everything. So um, I don't know. I don't know what I said or did, but they just would always write back. Sorry, your answers to your video interview were not good. I don't know. Because I mentioned that I work for Instacart and I already know how to do the job. So it's like hire me, you know. So, oh, competing <laughs> platform possibly. Yeah. Eh, I, but I'm, But it's like I have the experience, you know. It's like, you know, Lyft or Uber won't discriminate against you if you already if you drive for one of the other platforms or, you know, DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, you know, they don't care if you work for the other platform technically. But anyway, um you guys have uh questions in the chat. Everybody just seems to be saying hi. What's a what's a typical let's say like before a few months ago, like during the good times, what was like a typical work schedule, work week like for you? Oh yeah, we were full time, for a full bore full time. Uh, usually in the beginning, we did a straight eight to 10 hours a day, six days a week. Mm -hmm. But then we started noticing the miles on our car started piling on. So we decided, well, why don't we just split shift it uh, into the lunch and dinner? The problem with that, though, is, is if we did that, we learned we live about seven miles from downtown, the hotspots downtown from where we're at in the suburb area, if you want to call it a suburb. But anyway, so we're wasting 14 miles round trip every time we do that. So we decided, you know what, let's just stay out for four to five straight hours regardless. And here's the thing. I talked about this in one of my videos. Unlike a bigger city like Tampa for you or Miami for UDM or, you know, mm -hmm. uh, St. Louis for Pedro and Detroit for DoorDash, Dad, and et cetera, et cetera, right? Here's the problem with Chattanooga. We are a smaller city, as in downtown is literally less than two miles three exits only for the entire downtown, okay? Three exits. So you can t already know that it's small. Now, all the majority of the restaurants that people order from are within three blocks of each other for the most part. And across the bridge on North Shore is a different DoorDash zone. So the river separates the North Zone to the downtown zone. So... The problem with this is, is compound the fact of we don't have a lot of volume where we're at as compared to bigger cities, but in, I don't know if it's just us, but I'm pretty sure it's the Southeast in general. We are what you call a, a traditional eating time uh, locality. 
as in mm-hmm. people get the majority of their orders from 7 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. and then dead time until about 11.30 to about 1 and then dead time from about 1.45 all the way to about 5.30-ish. So in our scenario, if we actually worked 10 straight hours like we originally did, mm-hmm. we usually started around 10 o'clock and stayed out to about 8 o'clock. So we would be really busy for the lunch and dinner, but then we'd have so much dead time. Even multi-apping really doesn't help because these people out here don't usually eat in the off hours. <laughs> so that's the problem of these why people. I said we're a smaller market. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you watch uh, Ride Upstate, but he's like in a similar situation. Like he's in Saratoga, uh, which is not too far from where I grew up and. I mean, it's not like a tiny town, but I mean, well, actually, the whole New York Capital District is like, has is plenty of people and places to go and all that stuff. But um, yeah, so um, I think one of the reasons or one of the, you know, the appeal of your channel is you seem to have a lot of insight into like how the gig companies operate, and I, I you've done a lot of videos where like you're actually like kind of like crunching numbers and things like that. Yes. Sir. So have you ever worked like? an executive or do you have like a, a background in like accounting or finance or something like that? Like, are you just a, you just love numbers cause you're a nerd or something? Good question, sir. That's a very good question. Other people have asked me about that, but uh, here's the answer. Mm-hmm. I am a numbers guy, but I hate math. I, I, I even, I even got an award. I was a salutatorian in high school, second in my class. And I got the award for math, even though I hated math. I mean, it's like kind of a, a conundrum, oxymoron, whatever you want to call it, right? But as far as professionally uh, goes, John McKaylin actually knows this because I told him that if he's still in the chat. I used to work at Blue Cross of California mm-hmm. in um, you know, you know, uh, Woodland Hills. I used to live in Simi Valley, and then after that, I lived in the Antelope Valley and Lancaster Palmdale area, where near Edwards Air Force Base is. So the reason I bring that up is, at Blue Cross, I started out. My best friend at the uh, time, uh, Rick, who still lives in Simi Valley, actually helped me get a job, foot in the door, becoming a customer service agent at Blue Cross. Then about three years afterwards, my boss at the time left. And her underling took over, and she was not near as competent as my boss was. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to get out of that department. And here's where the numbers come in. I got hired on as a junior underwriter because I know math, I know analytics, uh, you know, and I know how to, you know, uh, get rates and whatnot. So. I had to use Excel spreadsheets. I mean, before then, I didn't even know what an Excel, Excel spreadsheet was, but hmm. they taught it to me. And I said, oh, yeah, it's just easy. It's way easier than paper. So I was an underwriter for about two and a half years before I, I left the company. And I liked the job, but I literally had to drive two and a half hours each way on my commute from the Antelope Valley to Woodland Hills because of the traffic. It was that bad. So I wasted five hours of my life <laughs> commuting. So that's when I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to school, get my computer, uh, you know, CompTIA degree for hardware and networking. I opened my total 
computing solutions business and uh, did that uh, mobile computing repair for about two and a half years. And then my dad said, move back out to Chattanooga. And there's you my have story. a you have CompTIA certifications. I don't know, like I don't know if you saw any of my older videos where I used to have the my uh, I had my certifications on the bookshelf behind me. Yeah, because I used to work in IT for about oh, ten cool. years, and I so yeah, so I still have CompTIA A plus network security server, and then I have a couple of Microsoft ones, and they're all just MCSE kind of, or MCSA. Um, MCSA, yeah, I. I, I never really did much. It's funny because Microsoft was actually my last day job. Well, Microsoft was the client. A different company was the employer. But, um, yeah, so Microsoft was my last day job. And I actually I walked away from that job. It was the highest paying day job I ever had. But it's like just couldn't sit in a cubicle anymore, you know? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's funny when you're talking about when you work for Amazon like you and you said you were walking somebody. Do you have a, a Fitbit? Because, like, I, I know that sounds kind of uh, – you know, excruciating, like being on your feet all that time. Like for me, I'd kind of be like, well, you know, I'd get like so much, so many steps in where you're like losing a lot of weight from all the walking around. I weighed before I started Amazon in 2016. Well, uh, yeah, it was literally, no, I think it was a uh, winter of 2017. Okay. I believe or winter of 2016. I forgot which, but anyway, I was a temp employee through integrity, which was the staffing, you know, for peak time. Mm hmm. And I weighed probably about a good 175, 180 at the time. After six weeks, my first six weeks at Amazon, I lost 10 pounds. How tall are like, you? Uh, about 5'10". Okay, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm like 5'10 and a half, 5'11". So. Yeah, walking 8 to 12 miles a day, running around in the pick mods will definitely get you fit. <laughs> oh, and one last thing. Back then, before pre-COVID... We could not wear Fitbits, and the reason being is, is if they sell it, you can't wear it because then it becomes a, you know, a loss prevention issue. Oh, that stinks. We can't even. They wear sell like everything. Earbuds. Yeah, they sell everything. So you might yeah, as well we just. You should just show up naked and be like, "Well, you guys sell clothes too." <laughs> exactly, but you you get why they do it. So yeah. yeah. Um. Jacqueline Taylor says, if you have those certifications, why don't we have our own delivery service made by you guys? Well, there's a world of difference between knowing how to fix a computer and like programming and encoding. Like it's so radically different. I mean, it's like, it's why you don't go to a, uh, your dentist for heart surgery or a podiatrist for brain surgery or something. You know, it's like, yeah, they're all doctors, but they're all there's this field is so specialized that's how uh you know it is it's everybody's a specialty in like one little niche thing exactly and i i never cared for the software you know a language end of it i'm more mm. of a hardware it techie mm. i've actually i don't know I, I don't know if you've seen on my channel like at the end of every video i always plug my the spreadsheets that i made to for like keeping track of your earnings and mileage and all that stuff and i would like to kind of develop those into an app eventually so um i'm actually sort of talking with the developer about it but it, like at this point it's just kind of like it's talk i don't know like if it's actually gonna happen i mean it's not cheap to get that started unless you do it yourself but anyway um so 
I think like what you're like best known for lately, the last few months, I know it's like you have, I was going through your channel right before we started and, and like you have quite a few videos there with like several thousand views and it's mostly either ragging on DoorDash or ragging on <laughs> Bentley Coop or both. Um, so where should we start? <laughs> well, I mean, if you see the videos from four or five months ago, I mean, like I did a tax video to help mm -hmm. drivers out because I go through my own CPA who's still in Southern California. I've had him since 2006 when I started my own business. So I learned a lot just looking at what he does for me on my taxes. So I made a tax video to help drivers out, mm -hmm. what forms you need, what you have to look, look out for, your mileage. I mean, of course, uh, your 1099s from all the gig apps. Um, but that one had, I believe, over 3,000 views as well. Mm -hmm. uh, another video where I basically did the rental video, that had, a, I think, close to 2,000 views. So the thing about it is, is that people have always said to me, the, the detractors, they say, they're always saying, why am I always ragging on DoorDash? And I, my answer to that was, if DoorDash actually had something good about the good news for me to report on or comment on, then I would do it. The problem is, is DoorDash in the last three months has had nothing but negative aspects to the news or their stories for drivers. And those videos, unfortunately, were the ones that mm -hmm. hit, you know, over 3,000 views. Yeah, and it's it's funny because a lot of this, this DoorDash news has, like, happened all of a sudden because it was, like, what, two or three months ago where they were, I don't know, like, if it was a glitch, according to Bentley Coop, it was a glitch, where, like, it didn't have the the tip at all. It, like, every order somebody was seeing was all just 2 $3, and it say may have a tip. Um, and then, like, it was only in certain cities at certain times of the day, and then they went back to the regular, you know, so-called upfront pay. And and then, of course, Para. I don't know if you were a fan of Para or if you were using Para or not, but obviously... Para would tell you the entire tip when the order came in, and then exactly DoorDash got wind of that and put the kibosh on that. And, and that was one of the videos that I had that like went to me viral. Anything over a thousand views is viral for me, yeah. but uh, because I'm a smaller uh, GigTube channel, it is, but, it is for me now too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I fully agreed with what Para was trying to do, but I never used it because. I wasn't exactly sure if by using it, you would be deactivated in the beginning. Now, I remember I told you that there were two people that know who I am. One of them, Marty and Richard, mm -hmm. they used Para or Para, okay? And they said, and they kept using it and all that, and nothing ever happened to them. But then I was thinking, well, if I'm not going to DoorDash anymore, I'm not sure if Para, Para would work on Uber Eats and Grubhub. I mean, that I don't know. Do you know, Chad? They're working on it. In fact, they just released a video yesterday saying that um, David, the uh, head programmer there, like he's he's got it so he can see the mileage on Grubhub. So like that's something they're gonna. He said, and in fact, he said they're gonna beta test it with select users uh, pretty soon. Oh, nice. So yeah, I mean, I I just got on with Grubhub a few months ago, and that was the first thing I noticed on the first order. Like, I was looking on the map, and I'm like, what's the mileage? I mean, I could tell by looking at it. I could get an idea of what it was and, like, how long it was going to take me to do it. But I'm like, 
Why don't they tell us the mileage? I don't know. Like, there's no reason for them to obscure that information. I mean, it's nice. Like, it's funny because of the big three deliveries uh, services, you know, Uber Eats, uh, DoorDash, and Grubhub, all of them obscure or hold back information in, in, in some point. Uber used to be the worst because I don't know if you used to do – have you ever done Uber Rideshare or have you only done Uber Eats? Just the Eats aspect because okay. I didn't want strangers in my car. Yeah, I originally started out – my first gig job ever was doing Uber back in 2017. And, um, like, I didn't really think much of it at the time because it's just all you know is that you have a ride. You don't know where you're going, how long it's going to be, what this person looks like, smells like, you know. And then, like, when and Uber Eats came out, like, the same thing. Like, it would just say, hey, go to this restaurant. And then, eventually, they started copying DoorDash where they would have the map screen where it would show, you know, like, where you are, where the restaurant is, where the customer is. And I was like, wow, that's so much helpful, you know. Um, but even, like, Uber Eats, like, if you're if you're in the middle of an order and another order comes in, it won't show you the map screen. Like, at least DoorDash will. If they try to stack you an order, it'll still show you where you're going. But Uber doesn't. Like, it'll give you, like, the cross streets of where the customer is. And, like, if you know your Correct. town, you can might be able to figure it out. But um, I don't know. I don't know why they don't do that. And then Grubhub doesn't show the full mileage. They show pretty much everything else. And uh, They I, are, in my opinion, Chad, Grubhub, you just hit the nail on the head, at least in my personal opinion. They are the most transparent where it matters. Yeah. They show full pay. They don't hide the tips. They show at least where you are versus where the restaurant is to where the customer is. So you kind of have to figure out the mileage. But, you know, depending on how knowledgeable you are in the area, I would rather have that system than the DoorDash system where they literally hide the tips. Uber Eats, I know what some people were saying, but I just did some Uber Eats just a few days ago, right? At least they aren't hiding tips per se. Yes, they are, but they give you an after estimated $8. tip. I think it, they, they anything, if you get a tip over $8, I believe, I don't know if you watch Gig IQ, you guys are practically twins, you know, with your love of numbers and everything. Um, he said like he's kind of reverse engineered, quote unquote, but he said it's, it seems like any tip over $8 uh, on Uber Eats is like hidden. But if you're getting, if you get an order with an eight dollar tip, the chances are pretty good you're gonna take it anyway. Unless exactly. Like, unless the distance is just ridiculously long, or it's from a store that you hate going to, or something like that. So, what's uh, what's your in in your town? What's your favorite and least favorite places to pick up from? Oh, Popeye! Oh, Popeyes by far. I hate that place uh, because <laughs> a. It's a fast food joint. So in my area, they're all drive through only DTOs. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, the people there are slow as molasses. I mean, the one time we accidentally took a DoorDash order a few months ago, we were there in the drive through for a good 15 minutes. And it was only like a $6 order, but it was only going like two and a half miles. But the problem is, is it's still 15 minutes of just being in a line waiting to get sir, get the order. Now, that's the worst, in, at least in my opinion, in my market. The best, to be honest, Five Guys. Hmm. Five Guys in my area is 
just quick, quick, quick. Uh, you'll get your order within five minutes. The only thing you got to wait for is the fries. Uh, they make the burgers. Burgers are ready by the time you typically get there, at least in my five guys in downtown. But you have to wait for the fries to come up fresh, and then they'll bag it. Then they'll hand it to you in the plastic bag. I was gonna—that's surprising because I—I well, there's no Five Guys in my town, so the only time I ever get a Five Guys order is like if I'm in a different city. And uh, the few times that I have taken Five Guys orders, they've taken forever because they don't start making the food till you get there. Like even those fries take a long time. I'm surprised you said that, Coach Tim in the chat. He says everybody hates Popeyes. Literally every single driver. I don't. I hate well. I hate Popeyes. Like it just kind of depends on the time of day. Cause like there's one like a mile from my house, which is like the ghetto super slow one. There's one like way Same on the west here. side of town. Mm-hmm. It's about six miles away, which is like the nice one. And so by sometimes by, and I think I've actually shown this. If you've seen some of my ride along videos, I'm pretty sure there was one. Uh, it was probably earlier this year, probably like January, February where I rolled up the Popeyes, there was no line in the drive-thru, and the food was already ready. I was like, wow, this is a miracle. I like Popeyes food. I especially like the chicken sandwich, but um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't say it's the worst. For me, Wingstop is by far the worst because like, every order takes like 15, 20 minutes, and they always want me to fill the drinks. And oh. I, I used to not mind that, but now, now I do. It's especially post COVID. I'm just like, no, like it's not, it's not sanitary. I don't have any train. I mean, everybody knows how to fill a drink, but still, um, I was talking about this like a month or two ago. I, I took a wing stop order and I walk in and it's like the first time I've been there in like months and months. And they're like, Oh yeah, it's gonna be like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, and you have to sign into this book. Oh, and call this number when you're on your way oh and you gotta fill the drinks and i was like that's four strikes i'm out of here so i just canceled the order and walked out you guys have Wingstop in your town no actually we don't i mean i remember it from southern california uh but in chattanooga we do not have any wing stops here hmm. well you're not missing much <laughs> <laughs> from what you just explained yeah i'm kind of glad i don't have them here yeah um so you guys want to keep talking the the industry or like the the personal because like these more like personal anecdotes and stuff are fun to talk about. Although I think the talking about what's going on with the industry is like kind of important right now. I actually I had an interview with a reporter from CNBC yesterday. Oh, and good. Like, cause uh, they wanted me to like they're saying like why is there such a shortage of Uber and Lyft drivers? And I was like simple it's like the government's paying everybody to stay home and also well actually i think any uber or lyft driver with you know an iq above double digits um has probably done an uber eats order or doordash at some point and realized oh i can make as much if not more money and drive half as many miles and not have belligerent assholes in my car or pukers or anything and um so it's like, yeah, I, I, I say, I told the journalist this. I said, and please, you can quote me on this. Rideshare is for suckers. I think it's quite possible that Uber and Lyft will, in the grand scheme of things, might end up just being like kind of a, a fad. I think we might be going back to yellow taxis because nobody wants to drive rideshare anymore when they can do delivery. And also, like, 
I think like with cabs, like there's a little bit for however accurate it is, but it, like you kind of assume there's a little bit more professionalism with a cab driver because they're an employee and also they're driving somebody else's car unless, well, unless they own the company or whatever. But I don't know. Do you, what's your thoughts on, on the rideshare driver shortage and the future of rideshare? I kind of agree with what you just said. Um, this is what I was thinking. Okay. With rideshare, problem with it is 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 that as you said it's a lot of long distance miles and I actually when I bought my car recently due to my cube getting totaled in the flood I, I put a video out a couple of months ago on that I, I literally was freaking out I was thinking oh my god there's a sewer grate just spewing up water and it's like almost to the car door where you know and it was going to start flooding inside but luckily didn't get that far before first responders arrived to help us but that car was total so the reason i'm bringing this up is we bought the car but had to bring it back because they had to fix it for some that was a, like a loose screw noise so i actually took an uber with my wife back to our house so what ended up happening was I actually, because I'm a YouTuber, I was talking to the actual Uber driver and he was an older guy in his sixties mm -hmm. and he actually drove a real beat up car. I'm talking, it, it wasn't anything to look at. He had the windows down even in the 85 degree heat. And he said, you know what? I don't care how much they pay me. And I was thinking, really, why is that? At his age, he said, it gives him something to do. Mm -hmm. And with the old car that he has, he knows it's only going to last a couple of years until he gets another used old car. So that's one mentality of some even food delivery drivers versus rideshare drivers. They will just ride it till it dies. you know, mm -hmm. And they don't care. That's why you see all these 250, 350 orders because – why else would they be doing it? Because some people are taking it. You know, these companies are seeing the data and the statistics. Now, as far as you, you were saying about um, the rideshare drivers going to food delivery, mm -hmm. I have a question for you, sir. Do you think that those rideshare drivers impacted the food delivery drivers, causing us to have less orders and less pay? Like as far as, like, what do you mean impacted, like? Well, the more drivers are in the market, the less good offers are available. And if rideshare is going to food delivery, like you just said earlier, right? Oh, They're yeah, saying, yeah. oh, yeah, less miles and you know, easier work, not having to worry about people puking in the car. Is it impacting the food delivery side of it? Well, I mean, obviously, all the apps are ridiculously overmanned. We have There's way more contractors than... It then really is called for. So yeah, like it, it, is the market flooded with more drivers? Yeah, yeah. It, the the market is definitely flooded. Instacart. When I was doing that, up in pre COVID, it was awesome because actually at the end of every week, um, it would actually they have like a leaderboard that shows like how fast you are, and, and it would have like and it would say, you know, out of however many people were in your zone. So like I would usually be like 30 something out of like 240, 300. And then uh, at po once when COVID got in full swing, they got rid of that screen. They brought it back like a few months ago. And last time I checked, it was like 
eight or nine hundred, and I was like, oh, no wonder I can't get an order. They tripled the 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 shopper pool, you know. So yeah, and, and actually, because we're independent contractors, I can understand why in the companies, you know, like since they don't, we're not guaranteed hours or or salary or benefits or anything like that. Is that it? Actually, it doesn't cost them anything to have a driver on every corner because, in theory, the orders will get done quicker and you'll have better customer satisfaction. You know, like like which would be awesome in theory. Like if you just anytime you place an order on DoorDash, Uber Eats, or whatever, and it got picked up like that and delivered like that, but um, that doesn't that doesn't really happen. And it's funny you were mentioned about the the two and three dollar orders. Is like I think that's like one of life's great mysteries right now. It's like who, and I think this is something we can do an entire show about. Is just who is taking these two and three dollar orders? Because I I'm not, and the the theory seems to be, I think Pedro or Hannibal or or somebody said this. It might have been Tanner. It's just like it's um, they think it's just mostly all new drivers who they don't know how to read the screen. And like, or they accept it and they, they're taking it on the hopes of getting a cash tip at the door or that there's going to be a hidden payout afterwards. And I guess like maybe for like the first day that might make sense. But I think it, it only takes you like one shift to realize that that doesn't happen. You take two, $3 order, it's staying at two or $3. So who, who in your opinion, estimation is taking these super lowball orders new people young people or the people that are older that just don't care about their mileage their pay they don't look at it like a business owner they're just looking at it as a means of getting cash without looking at the long-term ramifications of it now i'm going to tell you a real quick personal story which will kind of under uh, answer your question I told it on UDM's channel, I told it on my channel, so I'm going to tell each of you if you didn't hear it. Back in December of 2018, when we first started with DoorDash, mm -hmm. this was during the days of the tip sharing. And I'm pretty sure you under uh, know where, you know what the tip sharing was, that if any, it was like a dollar base pay, but if any yeah. person tipped above $5, yeah, it would be going into the general pool to supplement the no tippers. So you would always get, at least in my area, a five dollar or up. Yeah, it, yeah, it was like the minimum. Like, yeah, my area, I think the minimum payout was six, and it was like, yeah, if the customer tipped less than whatever it took to get above six, like you still got your, or they didn't tip at all, you still got your six bucks, and then. And then all these drivers were saying, hey, they're stealing our tips. And then I think that actually was great for DoorDash because they're like, you know, my my DoorDash earnings like got sliced in half. Like all of a sudden I went from seeing like $6 was the worst payout to $3. You know, I'm like, man, I was making more money when they were stealing our tips. <laughs> I kind of wish but they'd go back to that. I don't, I don't know if it was a, a tip pool or whatever. I think it was just, you know, like a guaranteed minimum and like actually instacart worked on the exact same principle when i first started the minimum order on instacart was ten dollars and that was with or without tip and then the instacart shoppers did the same thing as doordash shoppers and complained and so they dropped it from ten to seven and 
I, although I will, one thing that's nice about Instacart is that you can see right up front where it says the Instacart payout plus tip. And there are so many people, so many orders that say plus no tip. And I'm like, well, I ain't taking that one. So exactly. sorry, to, sorry to cut you off. So you, you, were, you were saying. Oh, no, no, no. You're fine. It was a good story. But mm-hmm. just in a nutshell, as new drivers coming from W-2s, and I'm going to end it with my opinion, mm-hmm. okay? My personal experience was I've always been a hard worker as an employee and as a business owner, okay? Like I said, running convenience stores and liquor stores and all that for my dad. Customer service is my background. But numbers is also my background. So it was a good fit for me to be in as a independent contractor, DoorDash driver in the beginning. The problem is, is, is that most people use the W-2 mentality to start off their job as an independent contractor. And the two, they don't understand that you can decline orders. You can, you know, like if it goes under a certain amount, if it don't make sense, you can decline them. We had a 99 to 100% acceptance rate our first two months of doing DoorDash. The amount of miles we drove in our first three months until we basically figured out, wait, this is not right. We drove over 9,000 miles in under three months. Hmm. And the realization hit us that, wait a second, we've only made this much. And the, one of the worst trips we had was going from, and uh, this is for uh, Coach Tim. He knows our area because he said he's a fellow Chattanoogan. We got an order on DoorDash downtown that wanted us to go to Ringgold, Georgia, deep in the heart of Ringgold, Georgia. That is literally 23 to 25 miles one way, and this was during the tip pooling days or sharing days or whatever you want to call it, right? The offer was $7, <laughs> and we took it because we didn't know any better, and this is what, what I'm alluding to. All these new drivers, this is one of the reasons why DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, all of them, Instacart, Ship, they want new drivers. They want a revolving door of drivers so that'll change out the veterans so that they can do their new methodologies, mm-hmm. new pay models, everything. When the new people come in, that's all they know, and they know that these people – don't know any better they're using their inexperience or their ignorance of what an independent contractor is against them and i made that little uh i don't know if you saw it or not the video for uh, it was comedic onboarding doordash video it mm-hmm. literally shows that doordash don't make onboarding videos they don't tell you what to do because if they did there could be potential lawsuits if they basically say like take every order or you know, uh, you know, uh, get a hundred percent acceptance rate from you know they can't do that because then they would be treating us as employees. So that's one of the reasons. Yeah, uh, Pedro says drivers that English is not their first language are the drivers taking these orders. Immigrants are historically groups that gravitate to this type of work. They are taking advantage of people. I agree partially, but. Uh, even if English isn't your first language, you can translate your phone into like pretty much any language now. So I, you know, and plus like numbers are the same in English and Spanish and and all that stuff. Even in Japan, they still use our number system. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, even though English might not be their first language, English is kind of like the language of the world. 
Um, so it's like, you know, I've been to like probably 20 or 30 countries when I was in the Navy and like anywhere we went, people, if you spoke English, they would usually speak something back to you. But, um, yeah, I mean like here in Florida, there's a lot of, um, immigrants from Central and South America, legal or otherwise. And, um, that's, that's the speculation of, of kind of like what he was saying is that those are the kind of people that take these two, $3 orders. But I mean, it doesn't totally make sense. Like, um, like, I don't know if you saw my 24 hour video when I was work 24 hours, but between like, you know, 11 PM and 4 AM, I was getting like all two, $3 DoorDash orders. And I was, and it would say, you're the best dasher. So I would decline them. And it's like, there's literally no other drivers on the road. So I don't know what's happening. Like who's getting, th there can't be this many, um, ignorant drivers out there. I mean, uh, like the, the drivers that you were just talking about, like what percentage of the contractor pool do you think they make up? Do you think it's like, they're like, you know, 80, 90% of all the workers out there? Cause I think it's, they gotta be like in a minority. I would say from a, just a guesstimate numbers perspective, if they do a revolving door method every 90 to 120 days, okay? Mm -hmm. I would say about 30% of the drivers are new. And those are the drivers that they want to not know how the system works with the W-2 mentality, like I personally was in the very beginning. Those are the people, it usually takes people a good four to six weeks to learn a job and to not screw up, okay? And to be comfortable with it, to actually do the job proficiently. That's any job. So they basically will say, okay, well, after about three months, like what happened with us, it was an epiphany. We saw, we're spending this many, and I put it on our spreadsheet at the time, and I said, wait, we're spent driving this many miles, make, putting down this amount of income, and the expenses for gas, oil changes, wear and tear, maintenance, all that, right? We're coming into, uh, into play at 9,000 miles, right? We're thinking, okay, the back then, it was about 15 to 18 dollars uh, no i'd say about more like 15 to 16 dollars uh, an hour back then because of all the long distance deliveries we were doing we were thinking this is not right which is why we kind of looked more into the youtube videos and the community mm -hmm. and everyone's saying you're an independent contractor you have a right to reject these orders which is why i said why didn't we know this youtube was great for us three months afterwards when we basically said, oh, we're not employees, we're independent contractors. We can mm -hmm. reject. And that's what these new people do not know. Yeah. Um, but hopefully that's gonna change soon. You know, like with what is a lot of uh, new gig tubers out there and like just Facebook, Reddit, even TikTok to an extent, you know, just people getting the word out. Um, I know, I'd be curious though. It's like, who I would love to just go out and like meet like a new dasher and be like, what what made you want to do DoorDash? You know, um, I'm I'm sure the answer varies crazily from you know person to person, but um, yeah, especially with everything that's been going on lately. What's your um? Well, I get like I got like two more big topics. So uh, we all know about the 
day of rest or strike or whatever that's supposed to be happening this Saturday. Which I created. I was the one that started. I was, I was going to say, was that you? Because like I, I've seen it in other videos and like people were pulling it from Reddit and from Facebook. And so, I mean, like as far as anything like that would happen is like, I would assume it's like the decline now group. Um, but so you're, you're taking credit for the January 31st day of rest. Here's the backstory to it real quickly. There is a YouTuber that I never saw before. Mm -hmm. It came in my YouTube feed on my phone. Her name is Brandy with an I. Oh yeah. I've been watching her for a few months. Okay. So you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. She literally about two and a half weeks ago, literally stated, I am quitting DoorDash. And I kind of watched that video and I said, huh, okay. I, and before her video, I've seen other YouTubers basically saying that they're quitting or they're getting terminated or, I mean, deactivated, like, uh, you know, more finance and all these other people, right? Basically just ragging on DoorDash. And it just dawned on me how crappy DoorDash is to their drivers. I, I mean, it, it's just the rules against us. I made videos on it in the past, but I still work the platform. And I said, you know what? Enough's enough. Brandy's video basically was the thing that put put me over the top. So after watching her video, I went on and just made a video of my own saying, this is getting ridiculous. Let Why don't we just take a day off? I didn't know I was opening up Pandora's box. I was just basically <laughs> frustrated, mad, and upset that it has come down to DoorDash lowering the base pay in my market down from $3 to $2.50 in other areas, down to $2.25, I heard. And some areas are 3 you know, but they lowered it, okay? Now, they have been lowering it time and time again. They don't give pay transparency, which is the right, in my opinion, for all independent contractors, and I use the independent contractor truck drivers. And I use it as an example time and time again. How can truck drivers haul freight bait not without knowing how much it weighs, where it's going, the total distance, and how much actual pay they get? And this is the example I make. If you are a truck driver and they base and a, uh, a client says, well, we're going to give you $300 to go 1,000 miles hauling freight, but with the potential to get more. How many truck drivers do you think will do that job? I know. You you need everything up front. Exactly. I don't know if I don't know like what we would have to talk to a lawyer though because like what is the actual law like regarding that? I mean, I have no idea. And and it, I'm sure it probably varies from state to state, but there's got to be like there's got to be also federal regulations as well, but um cuz like there that's a problem like when, you know, us schmucks who you know we didn't go to law school or whatever we just kind of assume what the rules are you know everybody's like i've seen people say like well they can't make you wear a uniform because you're an independent contractor i'm like well that's not necessarily true i mean it's whatever your contract says like there's certain there's this there's this new app that i signed up for like two months ago and i still haven't done a job for them it's called deliver that and uh like it's a catering they only do catering orders so, I mean, if you've done DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, like it's in the same territory. And in fact, I've done a couple of catering orders on DoorDash, but like they, they want you to wear an official deliver that uh, polo shirt, kind of like what I'm wearing now. And 
But the problem, like with this app, and I'm, I'm, I might make a video about this, is I haven't even taken a or a job for them yet. But I might even quit before I get started because it's like there's no, there's no information about the job. Like, like you have to turn the app on, and then it has to be like. It's always for for jobs that are like a few hours later, but it's like I don't know what I'm going to be doing a few hours from now, like it, it, because they're catering orders. It's like why can't you send it to me two or three days in advance so that I know to get ready and also to have an estimate of how much you know I'm going to make. It's it, they do like a, a tip pool kind of thing too, where if if it's like two or three people doing the job, you're going to have to the pool the tips. Um, and, you, and it's also kind of like, I don't know if you've ever done Amazon Flex, but um, if you with Amazon Flex, if you do Whole Foods or Prime Now deliveries, you don't know what your tips are until 24 hours later. And then you don't know which customer tipped how much, which I wish they would be more transparent about that. Although, since I do make usually anywhere from 25 to $35 an hour doing Whole Foods deliveries, I'm not like super up in arms about it, but you know, more transparency would always be nice. Can I respond to uh, Arturo does it all? Sure. Um, it's the comment like right in the I'm looking on my phone, but one day strike won't do anything. They'll just yeah. tell customers their app is down. That one. I, I'd like to respond real fast on that. Sure. This is the reason I did this wasn't for striking. Notice that I said July 31st, day of rest. That's not a strike. And the reason I did this was to show driver unity. It wasn't about the money. It was for pay transparency. That's what the whole point of it was. Because I even did a video with the detailed breakdown of why DoorDash will not raise base pay anymore. They just won't. Yeah, I saw because that. One, yeah, one dollar equates into like if you have a million yeah, when you drivers. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking like forty million dollars uh, just for raising the base pay of a dollar if every driver took ten orders on average a day. So, I said, you know what? I've given up on the base pay fight. But as long as and you know the legal stuff we were just talking about, we are not one hundred percent sure. But I based it off of an independent contractor truck drivers model. They mm -hmm. need full information in order to make an informed decision of if it's worth it for them as a business owner to take or not. So this was all about driver unity, showing, hey, we're just going to take a day off. We'll work Uber Eats, Grubhub, Instacart, Shift, whatever you know, other platforms, and we're just not going to turn you on, you know, DoorDash. Mm -hmm. But as I said earlier, I opened up a can of worms because a the idea started being changed. It, it was evolving into things that I wasn't actually saying for it to do. Like you, you, like on the Reddit groups, the Facebook groups and all that, they're saying, no, we want $7 minimum, uh, you know, a base pay and all that. I never said that. Or they basically said, well, no, we should do a full on strike. I never said that. All I said was, and the point of this was driver unity for one day to show that, hey, if you keep doing this, we have enough people willing to just take time off and use other apps than you. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's also, but with, you also need a PR kind of attack point too, is that you need to get it out to the press and like, 
put oh, I some, agree. like, and actually, like I said, I was talking to a CNBC reporter yesterday, and I brought this up, and I'm like really hoping that they're gonna cover it, like in some some form of another. The problem, like, whenever I don't know if you saw the uh, the this week's gig news show from Sunday, like we were talking about how there was a Uber and Lyft strike last Wednesday. Which, if you're gonna do a strike, why would you do it on a Wednesday? It's like the work, you know, that's terrible. You gotta do it when it's actually busy. Um, but you know, I'm saying like the problem, like whenever you see in the newspaper or on the news or whatever, like people striked and then it's like, all you're just seeing is like, it's like the exact same talking points or script or whatever from like going back to like the Mark Twain days or whatever. It's all the same. Everybody just wants more money or better pay or whatever it is. And then they never follow up to say, here's what happened with that. Except maybe like like a like a real like a magazine or something like like that um and uh so it's kind of like yeah with this doordash thing is that you know it's it's nice to have the strike but you need the pr point of view and then you need to follow up because i mean i don't think one day is going to really hurt doordash financially that much unless you had like an 80 or 90 percent participation rate i mean i think you're probably going to get like you know five percent or less maybe even 1% or less of, of drivers and doing you're this. You're right, and that's what I learned. I Like I said, I did that in response to Brandy's video and all the other people basically getting fed up. So I figured, you mm-hmm. know, why not? What What's one day? And here's another thing. A lot of the detractors were basically saying, as you probably have uh, are read before, well, if you guys are taking a day off, more money for me. Ha, 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 right? That's not driver unity. That's just pure on greed or taking advantage of a situation, trying to make mm-hmm. things better for everyone. So that I saw the negative aspect of that from the other half of the driver community. I also saw infighting amongst each other on that particular t- topic, which I didn't think one day. I know what other people said. One day is not going to make a difference. You said it yourself, which I can understand. But I was using it from a standpoint of driver unity. One day, and other people were saying that, oh, I can't afford to take a day off. Well, I never said you had to take a day off from all the apps. I just said DoorDash because that's who the target was. But some people were saying, well, DoorDash is my only app I use. So I didn't expect a hundred percent participation. That's just there's yeah. just that's an impossibility. I was hoping for forty, fifty percent at best. But from all the polls that I've been reading, it was mm-hmm. like twenty to twenty-five percent of just gig tubers responding or uh, comments uh, comments right. for gig tuber channels. So it was a spur of the moment thing to basically get drivers to just like band together. That was it. Mm-hmm. What about, I think a more effective, I don't know if it would be more, well, maybe. What about a class action lawsuit or some kind of government lobbying where, like, if you could actually get, like, the state of California or the federal government, like, whatever department of department redundancy um, involved to be like, hey, is this actually legal that they can't show us the full payout? Like, you know... So like either a class action lawsuit or some kind of um, political uh, persuasion, I would think might be more effective. You're absolutely right, but lobbyists cost money. 
And if you don't use a lobbyist, then politicians typically don't really give you the time of day because they're in it for special interests or mm -hmm. for the constituents in their district or state. So I, there's a group that I actually frequent. It's called um, you know, uh, Pay Up Washington. Um, they basically are fighting for independent contractor rights, but they're mainly focused in Washington state for $15 per hour and yeah. trying to get full transparency. The problem I was basically seeing there is, is that they're trying to take a national, but I was telling them, I was trying to be the, not the pessimist, but a realist. This different states, political stances matter. Red states versus blue. Blue will be more for the worker. Red will be more for the business. It's just the way it goes in politics in this country. Mm -hmm. So if in Tennessee, we're staunchly red. It used to be purple 10 years ago, but now we're staunchly red. And for me to try to go to the state level with a case of trying to convince my local politicians like Chuck Fleischman here, who's the representative of Chattanooga, I'm pretty sure Tim knows who I'm talking about. There's no way in heck this guy's going to give me the time of day. Uh, you know, the, he's probably in DoorDash's pockets anyway. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is as you said it earlier, Chad, it depends on the state like Florida. Florida is a pretty red state too. So do you think you could go up to your uh, uh, state legislator and lobby and tell the plight of independent contractors so that they might put a resolution or a bill forward at the state or national level in your state? Uh, what are the odds? I don't know if it's, I don't know if it like, it's funny. Cause like, I don't think this is like kind of like a local issue. I think it's more of a, because DoorDash is in all 50 States than in other countries and stuff is that I think it is more of like a national issue. But I mean, I think that you can take a local solution to a national problem for the most part. But, um, you know, I'm not, I mean, it's funny. Cause like, I'm kind of passionate about like, political um science or whatever it's called um but oh, i'm sorry. not like i don't i'm not so much involved in the political legislative process you know stuff like that you know just the thought of it kind of drives me crazy um anyway so uh probably last question of the night i'll let you go is like what's your what, what do you think is going to happen it, with gig economy in the next two to five years or even longer. I mean, we've seen a lot of automation coming um, and DoorDash is going or have they already gone public? And, you know, so, it's, you know, what's your, if you want to, you can speculate as much as you want about what you think the future holds for uh, gig, the gig economy and, and DoorDash particularly. In a nutshell, my personal opinion, I hate to say this, is is, is that pay is going to get lower. Their main goal is to get rid of base pay. And as you probably already know, in the last week, with all the videos popping up about the hourly pay with DoorDash and Chipotle and all that, right? They're trying to make a profit. They have been running at losses, DoorDash, and all these other companies have been running at a, a financial deficit. They have never made a profit, really. DoorDash has made a profit only once, the second quarter of 2020, 
was the only time they made a profit. Now, their investors, like DoorDash's stock today was roughly about 180 a share. They need more volume. And unfortunately, their main expense is drivers. And this new pay model of theirs that they're trying to like concoct, literally, as I uh, said it in Pedro's channel, is this. They are becoming a temp agency for hire to use DoorDash drivers for individual restaurants. And all the comments, for the most part, I have seen, I'd say over 90% of the comments that I've read on all gig channels have been negative on this because we don't get to see where we're going. We don't actually know how much tip we're going to make just like we are now. So we have less transparency in terms of customer location. We have the same transparency, which is not at all because they hide the tips basically for the most part. So we can't effectively cherry pick or make an informed business decision as an independent contractor would. So we're basically relegated to an hourly pay of $10, which is only if I think from what I was told, it's not from the time that you pick it up, but it's time that you're waiting around for an order. And if you get an order really quickly, you don't get paid. I think it's just wait time. I could be wrong. Again, this is all new information. Mm -hmm. So, in answer to your question, in two to five years, if they go with this pay model, they are literally going to become a Domino's or a Papa John's pizza, a W-2 employee making minimum wage or $10 an hour without knowing any information other than what they give you like a pizza place would. Because my son used to work for Domino's Pizza a couple of years ago. He stated that it's basically when an order comes and you're the driver next in line in, in the queue to take the order, you must take that order that's given to you, whether it's on top of Lookout Mountain, which is a nightmare to get up there at night. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be anywhere from three miles all the way to a, about 10 miles from the base of St. Omo all the way on up to Covenant College area. But the point is, these places know who the good tippers are because they order from them all the time from what he told me. But he doesn't get to choose which ones he gets. So it could be three no-tip offers in a row at the pizza place. Same thing with Chipotle. You Once you're there, you're waiting around from what I heard, and you just take it as, as they give it to you, and you don't even know where it's going until they you accept that order or they give you that order for you to take. No so, independent contractor driver, is going, at least veterans, are going to do that. There is no way. You have no control of mileage. You have really little control over pay, and you could be sitting around from one minute to 10 minutes without mm -hmm. an order. So yes, I think in mm -hmm. two to five years, it's gonna decline. People that said that, uh, says that automation is gonna take over. I, I think it'll take over in certain areas like college campuses, um, single family homes, you know, stuff like that, but high rises and all that, you really think that they're gonna come down to get their own food. That's not how delivery works in their minds unless their mindset changes. So yeah. I think it's gonna decline over time in my opinion. You sound you sound so black pilled and like, I, I kind of am too, cause I'm, I'm just more, I'm more worried about just like automation cause like they're already start, they're already test marketing robot delivery things and stuff. And 
like even Lyft is is going to start with driverless cars next year. Um, I mean, it's it's still in the early testing stages, but I mean, I think, and I've I've read like so many articles, like you know, science, like legit science journals and things like that, like any futurist publications that they're saying like probably in the next generation. I somebody said that you know probably the next generation or two generations from now like you won't even own a car anymore like everything will just be and like everything will be driverless cars so the, there won't be any reason to own a car all you do is just you'll fire you know your request one on your phone and it shows up um but there's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be put in place first so um yeah is i kind of i kind of in the same boat as you it's just like man, maybe I should just go back to a W-2 job. It's stable. I mean, I work in IT. I mean, computers are always going to be there. But, I mean, I just have – I'm having too much fun doing this. You know, I don't have a boss. I work whenever I want, you know. Um, don't have to wear a uniform or sit in a cubicle all day. But um, if it comes down to, you know, either, you know, doing what I do now and making, like, hardly any money or, you know, the W-2 job and actually – having a 401k or whatever it is by the way i have a, my own 401k um you know so i i think are you so are you done with gig work in general or are you just done with doordash because i mean is there really that much difference between the ethics of doordash and uber and amazon and all these companies you know that's a fair question sir uh i'm only done with doordash uh the reason being is is, is that and I see where you're going with this. They're all similar in nature. But as I said before, Grubhub is probably, in my opinion, the most transparent mm-hmm. other than not showing you the exact location and the mileage. But I did see, I think it was on Hannibal's channel or was it DoorDash Dad, their, their test marketing showing the actual mileage on Grubhub in certain Grubhub markets. It hasn't hit my market yet. Has it hit your market? Uh, I don't know. I haven't fired up Grubhub in a long time. <laughs> okay. By the way, so, uh, John McCallion, he gave me a $2 super chat. He said, tell Valis not to call me after the show. <laughs> yeah, I saw that in okay. the chat. I said, okay. Handle but, says yeah, he's so, going to start a rap career. Oh, gotcha. So pretty much Grubhub is, in my opinion, the most transparent in terms of pay. Uber Eats, in my area, they're the fastest orders on all of them. Grubhub's the slowest, DoorDash is the middle on, you know, getting the orders to the driver, restaurant, you know, timeliness and all that, right? Each of them have their own strengths and weaknesses, as we all said in the past. But with DoorDash, you don't see the other two pulling these games like DoorDash is. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons why I just said, you know what? In my last video, I said, life is good without DoorDash. I don't see these $2, $3, $4 offers anymore. I showed all the offers of what I got from Grubhub and Uber Eats. Even though Uber Eats hides the tips, they give you an estimated pay, which is their right to do, but at least they're using actual customer data on their average tips. So at least we have that to go off of. And, and for for my market, about 8 Nine out of 10 orders are pretty close to the estimated pay. Sometimes I get no tip, but that's rare. 
That's With fun. DoorDash, you just don't know. Well, I was gonna, in my market, like Uber was worse before DoorDash because, like, for a while there, I, like, and I, I don't know what it is like about Uber Eats customers is that they're just so cheap they don't tip. Um, and here's another this this should be a roundtable discussion topic is why are people so cheap and why don't they tip? But I mean, that that could take hours to to digest. Namely, <laughs> service fees and the restaurant's menu prices are elevated to account for the restaurant fees that they have to pay to the apps. Yeah. Yeah, like I order I usually order Chipotle like once or twice a month and like if you go to the store, it's less than $10, but if I get it delivered after tip and service fee and all that stuff, it's usually closer to like seventeen, eighteen dollars, you know. So it's like that's just the the price you're willing to pay to sit at home, you know. <laughs> so exactly. Anyway, uh, are you on any other social media besides YouTube? Are you on Instagram or, or Twitter or anything like that? Yes. However, <laughs> my wife is in charge of that. I. You know, for a technologist or an IT person, mm-hmm. I am the worst when it comes to social media. I have a Facebook, but she handles that. Hmm. I have an Instagram. She handles that. Is My, it called Valistad's Voice? Y- yes, it is called Valistad's Voice. I look However, I don't really, I'm not really a social media person. I, I just never cared for it. My 72-year-old dad, who I now take care of, is more into social media than I am at 48. Just go figure, and I'm an IT person just like you. By the way, I just I just did a search for Valdista on Instagram, and there's all these uh, Spanish language football team Valdistado CF. <laughs> I don't know. I have to ask my wife about that. She's the one to set it up. The it may be find, a shortened version. It says Valdista's voice, but. Um, like no posts or no followers or anything. Yeah, it's probably because she hasn't put anything up yet. <laughs> I I love Instagram. Instagram of all the, of all the, especially for the mobile. It's just I think it's the best because like you can just snap a picture, of whatever you see or do, and um, and you know, YouTube kind of has that now with the YouTube Stories, but it's not not quite the same. But anyway, well, I think. I'll, I'll be curious to see how the the replay numbers show up on this one, but I think you're the most popular guest we've had so far because the chat has been blowing up since the beginning. Usually, it's like people comment for the first five minutes and then they just go silent for the rest of the show. So, oh, uh, yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, if you get enough, like maybe when you hit ten thousand followers, you can start being on camera or something. <laughs> oh, if I hit ten thousand followers, I will put myself on camera. I promise. Okay, cool. I got to do the the one chip challenge or something like that. You know. You know, <laughs> I value my taste buds more than the challenge. Unfortunately, I'd rather donate my time and money than do something like that. Like, like, hey guys, anyone that has yet to donate to Chad's ch- uh, uh, cancer charity, mm-hmm. please do so. He's, you know, it's a good cause. My mom, as I told you, my mom died of stage four lung brain cancer back oh, in 2011. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, no problem. But, you know, the thing is, is that it's a worthy cause. Donate to Chad. He's a good guy, as you can see. He, he puts people like me on, you know, just to <laughs> chat with him. And, you know, I appreciate that. Yep. And I'm still doing, I'll be glad when July is over because I'm really sick of doing 25 push ups as soon as I wake up. So. But you're more fit and active now, aren't you? Yeah. Well, my back's really tight. I I actually had an appointment at the VA today, but 
Uh, that's another story. Anyways, we're going super long, which is which is good news. It means there was a lot to talk about. So um, I'll put links to... Well, I mean, I, I got a link to your YouTube channel below. If, if anybody is not already watching Valsat, subscribe to his channel. And uh, like, what, what videos of yours would you recommend that they, uh, in the archives that they check out? The DoorDash onboarding video. I think it's my most comedic video that I've yeah. ever done. And it's the most entertaining and it shows the realities of DoorDash. Yeah. And if you, if you like, uh, People who dunk on Bentley Coop. Uh, Valdez <laughs> got a bunch of videos like that. <laughs> Only two. Yeah. Only because. Yeah, but you they, rambled for like an hour in each video. I know. <laughs> I got a lot to say, or I, I can't make it concise. I'm passionate about what I do because it's for the drivers. You know what's funny? It's like I actually agree with Bentley Coop on a lot of things um, and actually understand where he's coming from on that particular controversial video he did a few weeks ago, but. Um. Anyway, well, I didn't want to turn this into a Bentley Coop bashing co- competition. I think that I think that ship sailed like a week or two ago, unless unless he does something outrageous again. But anyway, all right, just I cannot end the show as I always say. If you watch to the end, you are awesome. And thanks for watching. And yeah, check out Chad's charity challenge. I'll, I'll put a link like right on this video. You can donate right here and some of my other YouTube videos. Um, if you're watching on PC or even on your mobile, it should have somewhere at the top. It'll say, um, like, you can actually just click and donate as much as you want to the American Cancer Society. I don't get any of that money. Although a lot of the money that you see, last time I checked, it was like $340. Probably 270 of that was from me. So, all right. Hey, guys. And one last thing. Sure. I donated... $25 to this cause. If anyone can donate even five bucks, it any anything will help. Okay? Yeah. Donate to Chad. All right. All right. Uh, by the way, I'm going to do a beer review on my other channel. So if you guys just can't get enough of Chad, check out Chad's beer reviews, and I'll be doing a live stream there in, like, just a few minutes. So thanks to Valdestat, a.k.a. Dickie. <laughs> <laughs> It's Devin. It's Devin. You know my first name now. I know. But hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate the, uh, the talk. Yep. All right. We'll see. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Chad will be back Sunday with his co-host Hannibal, discussing the latest news, trends, and viral posts from the delivery and rideshare sectors of the gig economy. Until then, keep hustling.